0: Ladies and gentlemen, he's it earlier today. No better guy to have on when the Avalanche roll into Toronto than this guy right here, Mr. Adrian Dater. Dater, how's it going tonight, buddy? You know what? I'm okay.
1: A uh, little bit of a uh, quiet day here. Uh, you know, uh, no games today, no practices here today. So, uh, just ready for tomorrow. It seems like, you know, we only get an Avalanche game every five, six days. Uh <laughs> Uh, in November with White. I know that'll change starting tomorrow in Toronto, which I think everybody's looking forward to watching that game,
0: right? Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, a little bit of news coming out of your guys' side of camp. A guy named Nathan McKinnon might uh, be skating back against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, nothing to snub your nose at, I don't think.
1: No, nope. He will be in the lineup for tonight. Uh, and uh, that's certainly going to add some luster to this game, that's for sure. Uh, two hot teams and uh, two of the best players in the world, uh, going against each other. Matthews versus McKinnon. It should, uh, should be a fun one. That's for
0: sure. What do you expect tomorrow? Obviously Nathan McKinnon coming back off COVID protocol, but what do you expect from him? Um, have you seen him skate anything like that? Um, are the wheels there? Is it going to take him a little bit of time or is he just such a good talent that it's going to be there right away?
1: Yeah. He had a protocol earlier. He's, he's coming off a lower body injury. Okay. In latest one. So, uh, uh, he looked great yesterday He was flying around, uh, on, at practice. So I got some video of it and he definitely didn't look, uh, slow at all out there. Um, I guess the big question is, uh, how are the Appalachs going to readjust to having me back in? I mean, they went seven, one and oh without him and pretty much, you know, dominated most of those wins, uh, yeah, winning on the puck line most every night. Um, so, uh, You know, I mean, of course you want McKinnon back in the lineup, but silly to think otherwise. But uh, I think I'm interested to see just how uh, you know, is Nate going to be able to keep up with the rest of the players that are playing so well on his team? And uh, you know, uh, how's he going to fit back in on a team that's been tearing it up? A
0: Blake. Well, that's a question that I'm definitely wondering too. And you look at this though; it gives them the option to kind of ease Nathan McKinnon in. Not that he's a guy that, you know, kind of has a, a slow switch, obviously. I watched him out here play with the Halifax Mooseheads. He's a guy who likes to go. He's a gamer. Um, but you look at the guys on the, the Avalanche that have been rolling without him, like Nazem Kadri, Kiyomakar, Landis Randon, Brandon, Burkowski. they're all doing well. Um, you know, so maybe you ease Nate McKinnon in and you say, hey, you know, don't take a back seat, but just take a, a, a lesser role as you ease your way back into the lineup. And of course, you know, he'll dominate the game as he does, but it gives him the opportunity not to have to be the focal point coming right back in. Yeah, and I'm sure he'd welcome that. I mean,
1: when, when he went down, uh, the Owls were not a very good team at that moment. Uh, they were losing hockey club. Uh, and I think Nathan was trying to do too much by himself. He was, you know, trying to stick handle through two guys a lot and getting broken up. Uh, they only had one goal so far this year. Uh, um, I know he hasn't played as many games as everybody else, but, uh, you know, one goal. He's still averaging a point a game, at least. So, uh, you know, the, are there. the point is, um, yeah, maybe he's going to be a much better player when he he thinks he doesn't have to do as much. Um, you know, the odds did go into this season losing two key forwards, and I think, you know, maybe, I'm just speculating here, uh, maybe he felt like he had to do a little bit more offensively and trying to press a little bit. And uh, hopefully he doesn't feel that coming back because <laughs> goal scoring has not been the problem avalanche uh without nathan mckinnon uh i think it's what five it's it, it's close to six goals a game i think they're average they average without him in those eight games so um, it's crazy uh like i said you know hopefully nathan uh, just uh able to find his way back in to a lineup that pretty well played pretty great
0: without him yeah no they've been absolutely rolling i mean the the lowest goal total on the winning side of things i'm looking here is I believe, a 4-2 four, four, win over the Vancouver Canucks and a 4-2 win over, uh, and you know, so that's, that's the least they've scored in a win. I mean, that's really obviously, good. you don't look at a loss, but, yeah. But, I mean, he's going to come in, like I said, and not having to be that focal point. A guy I want to ask you about, though, that kind of is a focal point, especially coming into Toronto, is Nazem Kadri. I was absolutely having himself a season right now. Um, what have you noticed from Nazem Kadri this season? Um, you know, with the Colorado Avalanche, and what is he bringing that maybe he was lacking in other seasons? Because he's he's on fire right now.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought I thought he had a good first season with the has I think it was what nineteen goals, um, I, and he was very good in the playoffs in twenty twenty two. Like he was, he was among the definitely the my uh, favorites until the whole team, half the team, anyway, got injured. And they lost seven games to Dallas, but he kept scoring right away. I mean, he had an un- unbelievable first two rounds of the playoffs. You know, last year was uh, was an off year. It was uh, you know crazy year with the, with the lockdowns and no fans. And uh, you know, I think I, I'm sure that's not a factor, but I, you know, I, maybe it was a little bit. I think Nas feeds off the crowd. He loves the he loves the attention. He loves the uh, He's an emotional guy. I think he plays off his emotion. Uh, We all know what happens.
0: going they
1: off and i don't want to there. sound a little yeah i don't want to sound a little cynical that's not me right I mean, <laughs> i'm laughing here because it is me uh, no, but no. yeah it does seem to be a coincidence guys in their last years i've a pretty big year uh go figure but hey however the ads you know, whatever's motivating him the ads want to keep it
0: going at least for the rest of this
2: year no definitely has he uh has he kind of toned the emotion down this year or does he still play with the heart on his sleeve because when he was in toronto he really liked to you know, like you were saying, feed off the crowd. Has he found a way to control that, or is he still – does he get the red miss sometimes? Yeah, the,
1: the thing is with him, and this is his third year now, and he has played a, like a Boy Scout uh, most of the time, almost all the time. He, he, he's done nothing chippy otherwise except for the one hit on Justin Falk. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a hard hit. But the kid had his, you know, Falk had his head down coming over the middle, and some bad things often happen. Um, yeah, he did hit him with a with a a bad hit, and I think he should have been a suspension. I just didn't think it should be eight games enough, and knocked it basically. I killed him last year. That absolutely killed the Avalanche not having Kadri in that second round against Vegas. Um, it, it, everything changed in that series when they couldn't you know, find a way to defend down the middle anymore, it seemed like the rest of that series and uh, uh he's uh he's otherwise been very, very good here with as far as his temper and his antics go. It's just uh, again the one thing happened. Uh but otherwise, yeah, there's been nothing on his rap sheet whatsoever here. Not even, you know, egregious horrible penalties or anything. Yeah, he takes the penalties still, but you know, nothing dirty and it, it's all been you know,
0: blotted out by that one mistake against Ball against well. Yeah, everything like that is always amplified, right? I mean, that's the one thing everybody focuses on. But looking at the the team page, I mean, 30 pims for, for Kadri, and then obviously uh, right behind him is or above him is Gabriel Landeskog with 31. So, I mean, he's right up in there. And, you know, the story goes with Nazem Kadri, too, is the refs aren't doing him any favors either. So they're going to call him by the book oh yeah. every single time.
1: looking at Jordan Bennington wrong
0: yeah Jordan
1: Bennington took, took a helicopter swing with a stick at Kadri's head yep Kadri said something might have said a little chirping before that or in after and so they throw Cadre McKe- Kadri in the box too for 10 minutes <laughs> they really did nothing um uh, but yeah it's like he even had a good mind after that game like you know um yeah I'm just I'm getting I'm getting penalties for just talking though um <laughs> He uh, he doesn't whine about it though. He uh, he he definitely thought his suspension was un, un, unwarranted for those games, and but he but he you know he accepts his punishment and uh, and uh, you know he's come back and to him the way he's played. He doesn't he doesn't sit and mope and whine and feel sorry for himself. But it doesn't seem like he just goes out and keeps trying to play.
2: He's the UFA after this year, do you think he comes back? Let's say that again. He's a UFA after this year. Do you think he can, can come back and this team make room for him or do you think he moves on? Tough question. Tough question there.
1: Uh, I think they should sign him to extension. I wrote a column saying that about a week or two ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they should bring him back. I don't know if he will, though. I mean, the cat have got some high dollar players already. and Now McKinnon's going to be ready for his new deal in a year or so. Um going to be tough to sign them to you know three or four three to five year deal and i'm sure as a ufa that's what he's going to want yep i mean why shouldn't he either i mean get the best most money you can that's for sure but uh yeah i think yeah to try to get him to a uh, extension now maybe you get him at a lower number and you, he gets a little more security and doesn't have to worry about ufa as much or you know being terrible the rest of the year uh joe Sackett hasn't really addressed that much, but. Uh, um, it's uh, it's tough. If Alex Newhook keeps developing like he is, though, he could be the number, you know the two C moving forward, and then that could make Cadre expendable. That said, I really like Cadre as a player, and I like him as a guy too. I think he's a tremendous guy, and uh, yeah, so I think they should keep him. But I don't know. I I would say that's borderline fifty
0: fifty at best. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, he's having a career year this year. If he keeps going the way he is. And we all talk about guys getting up into their, you know, 29, 30, 31 year age, and they want to hit that last home run. This is Cadre's best chance of that home run, maybe to get a, a pretty good dollar contract, maybe a less than a James Van Riemsdyk going back to the Flyers kind of deal. But oh, I'm yeah. wondering, I'm wondering for you, you look at Naz and you say, okay, if he's not with this team next year, you talk about Newhook, what's the center hole look like? Obviously um, if Newhook, can't take those next steps, and they don't bring back Kadri because of the big hit, and of course, you have to sign Nathan McKinnon. Um, where do the abs go from there? What other options do they have, Dater?
1: Well, you know, uh, you can always move Tyson Jones back to the center, but I don't think he's a second-line guy at all. I think he's a third-line guy, and that's what he is. Uh, uh, J.C. Copper can play some center, too, so... Again, though, I'm a little nervous about him as a top six center. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I think Newhook will be a T.C., though. I think he's got the talent to do it, and I think he's got uh, got the got job the, uh, to do it. He's going to have to work on his play away from the puck, though. I guarantee you that, that Jared Bednar is not always with his play away from the puck. But, uh, you know, he keeps working at it. Hopefully he can get there uh you know, um, they don't have a lot of top offense prospects really left in the system. The only exception to that is uh, Oscar Olson, who plays Barry Colt who keeps tearing it up down there. But um, the, he's not a center uh, naturally, so yeah, I I think um, you know Hook is your best bet, and that's probably what they're going to try and do um, because he is, you know, he's a young first round pick. Uh, But that said, I'd hate to see Kadri go for nothing. I think uh, he's a really good player, and I think he's got, you know, three to four real good years left in him.
0: No, I definitely b- agree with you 100%. He's a guy that can bring a lot, just not on the the offensive side, but obviously face playing off. the body and doing those grinding things too. Face-offs. Do you have face-offs? Yes, he, 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 face He's a good offs. player. He's
1: not a, a checker-type guy that pound you, but he's – Solid in his hand. He makes simple plays, getting the fuck out of the door. And he wins a ton
0: of faceoffs. So, yeah, absolutely valuable. Absolutely valuable. Um, another guy that I want to ask you about, obviously, is uh, Bowen Byram. Um, you know, young guy. We watched him with Team Canada here in Canada, you know, the world juniors. What's he brought uh, to the Avs and what makes him stand out? Because obviously, we hear a lot about him um, and his game. I love this player, but I want to hear from you what you think about him.
1: Had a great year. I mean, of course, he's had he's another concussion. Uh, maybe you know, second one. I mean, he, he's he's okay now. He's playing. He played the other night. And he was great. Um, he's uh, he's got great edges, boy. He's a, he's a good skater. He's got solid edges. Um, you know, he's got that sort of um, you know, that uh, pigeon-toed kind of skating style. It's really Strong on his skates, Like, he doesn't get knocked off his feet or whatever. It seems like uh, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of offensive talent, too. He carries the puck well. Uh, he knows what to do with it, usually, uh, when he gets to the other end. And uh, I love him as a player. I just, you know, worry about the kid with the concussion history, you know. Uh, a couple of people, you know, long-time players have told me that, uh, you know, he needs to learn to, Um, not carry the puck so much, maybe uh, inviting himself as a target too much when you carry the puck, you know, that can happen. Maybe a little more give and go to his game. Um, Definitely got to keep his head up, you know, obviously. uh, But uh, uh, all all signs are pointing to stardom if he's healthy. You know, he's got to use the lottery fit. So, I mean, mean, I've had guys like Scotty Bowman call me up and tell me that. I just love watching this kid play, you know, and that's, that's like, first of all, Scotty Bowler calling me me ridiculous, right? But he does. He <laughs> would call me and talk hockey sometimes. And he, first person he always talks about with me is Byram. Yeah. He just loves him. In fact, you know, not to tell tales out of school, but I do think there was a disagreement at the Blackhawks draft table um, over him. And uh, I think Scotty wanted to, you know, highly advocated for Blackhawks to take Byram uh, with that, uh, what third pick and uh they ended up taking Kirby Doc instead. And, uh he's a good player too, but uh I guarantee you Scotty wanted fire him over Doc. Um so yeah, the Avs Av- really love him. He was sort of incomplete player last year with another, you know, the injuries and then he had a covid It was just a nightmare really your last season for him. But uh boy he sprang out of the gate this year with points and great D, played 22, 23 minutes a night. Um, if he stays healthy, he's an
0: absolute blue-chip stud. Another question I have for you about the the Avalanche before we change gears. i got two more for the Avalanche here before we change gears to the, the Maple Leafs. Um, I want to ask you about uh, Bednar, obviously signing the two-year extension. What does he bring to this organization for stability-wise, coaching-wise, Obviously, he seems to have the ear of the player. We talk about coaches so often losing the ears of players and not being able to get through the message. He seems to be able to get the message through just fine, and this group really responds to him. You look at the fact, no Nathan McKinnon, but this team still took a step without him. Obviously, that's attributed to game planning and coaching. So what do you see from Bednar, and what can we expect from a coach like that going forward? Obviously, the ultimate goal is a cup, but he's got this team marching to a beat, and I think that'll stay with him at the helm.
1: So I, mean, I like Jared Bednar as a coach and a person. Tremendous guy, first of all. Uh, don't 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 let anybody kid you. If, if the media loves the guy as a coach, they're gonna you <laughs> know it's gonna get you a little more favorable press no matter what. That, that's just that's just a fact. Uh, but you know he is, this is a tough business, and we all were basically. I mean, early in the season, I was writing a couple things like, hmm, I wonder if Jared's in trouble or you know four and five they were i think they were losing games they shouldn't have lost and you know it's like wow how long is the leash here and then boom all of a sudden uh, uh game day in seattle they sprang a two-year extension on us and uh i didn't quite see that coming i don't think anybody did um but i think it's great for him and uh you know he's got the uh confidence of Joe jacket that's that's for sure so to the players to respond to him now i mean uh the, the, the gm the organization has said this is our coach and uh um i think the players respect and buy into what he he does uh and, and i think he, i think they think he's the, their leader in, a, in that way uh that said there's, there's a ton of pressure on him and the team you know this team should have beaten vegas last year in that two nothing series they blew um and that remains kind of a uh, black mark on the team and in his tenure. Still, uh, the the model this year is like unfinished business. You know, that's their sort of unofficial motto. Um, and uh, like I said, pressure. But uh, you know, whatever happens this year, Jared's got going to be paid for two more. Beyond
0: <laughs> <laughs> no and, matter uh, what, maybe it's just a nice little no thank you what. present. So, <laughs>
1: No matter what, you know, but it's, is uh, wins and losses still business. And, uh, you know, I think he will be back to a lot of water here, but let's say they, you know, you know, get beat the first round. I mean, you know, there's going to be some pressure on him again. I just think, uh, I think they are confident enough to think that won't happen. But, uh, like I said, boy, I, this is a six year of coaching, took quite a while now. And, uh, he's got to get to that conference finals at least at some point soon to, uh, to, to get the fans off his back. Cause there's still a pretty good contingent of fans that are, um, calling for his hand a lot. Every time something goes bad. I mean, you know, that's just why she, you know, and Bednar's a big, Bednar knows that and doesn't let that affect him at all. He knows that the fans can call for his hand a lot. He does not affect him whatsoever. Um, I think that translates to the players too. They have a pretty calm demeanor of the team. And uh, I think that stems a lot from
0: that. Boat. No, for sure. Well, if you have a, listen, if he's got the backing of Sakic, you know, what are the players going to say to him really? Right. I mean, once the confidence is there, you can't really challenge the coach beyond that. And now he's going to be there right. for two more years. So that's already instilled. Right. So, I mean, if you're going to have any pushback, you might be the guy going out the door before the coach. So right. nobody wants that, especially if you got a team like Colorado that, everybody expects to contend and go on a little bit of a run. The last thing I want to ask you about the abs, and it's is tie into the abs, not really anything to do with the organization now, but obviously the Montreal Canadians are in the search. Oh, yeah. And Mr. Patrick Waugh has uh, made his intentions known that he'd like to be the GM of the Montreal Canadians. I want to know from you, do you think Patrick Wah is doing that to be for real and come back to the NHL in that capacity? And do you think that he would be a good GM for the Montreal Canadiens, given all the noise and problems they're having? Would adding a voice like his be the solution?
1: Listen, I, I'm, you know, I'm a Patrick Waugh guy. I mean, even though he's chewed <laughs> <laughs> my head off many, many times, covered him for eight years as a player and three more as a coach. Uh, I've got the battle stars to prove it. Trust me uh he's not an easy guy <laughs> to, get to get to know and uh stay in his good graces at times but I love him I've always loved him I've always loved being around him uh he's just he's never dull um he's a winner he's confident he he's good he knows what the media wants and he gives you good quotes and uh you know, i just, i just have always loved being around Patrick well he can he can crack he can whip me you know with the verbally with the whip. All he wants, but I usually am like, yeah, Patrick Wah, wow. you know? Yeah. I mean, I was a kid watching him play and growing up near Boston, and like, you know, Patrick Wah. Wow. I just always thought he was an icon. And uh, listen, yeah, let's do it. I think he's great. I think he should be the GM of Montreal Canadiens. I think it'd be a fun thing to see happen. The guy, it's not like the guy has no experience in the NHL as a management guy. He was a coach of the team for three years, won the Jack Adams Award first year as a coach in Colorado. Um, he was the uh, vice president of hockey operations here as well. So he made quite a few personnel decisions. Um, could he Could he have run in with other people in the front office of personnel decisions? Sure he could. Yeah. Uh, he's done that. He had that with Zach here. Um, he wants to be in charge. But if he has a GMO, I mean, he is going to be in charge for most of everything, right? So, um, I think it would be great, man. I, I know that there's, you know, questions about Patrick's temperament and all that, but, you uh, know, he, he, he's not some wild loose cannon, really. He's just, you know, he's coached the Red Part for several years there. There really hasn't been anything off the ice at, at all or, you know, any of the temper things that, you know, had, he's had at times uh you know, remember the, his son fought and, you know, that whole thing. Uh, but uh, uh, I think he's uh, – I think he's a – I think I would, I would do it. I mean, I, but I'm speaking a little bit biased and selfish as a media person probably. Uh, I just know that he was a legend in that organization for a long, long time. And I think fans, you know, made their peace with him leaving there, I think. You know, most of them anyway. And uh, he's come back. He's been honored by the team. Um, before and I think uh, I think I roll the dice. I mean, he's a smart guy. He knows hockey inside now. That's all he's ever cared about. You know, he, he's got an eye for talent. I think, and uh, I, I think uh, I would do it. I would do it, and definitely think it'd get the fans excited in the way. Um, and Patrick, just number one thing about Patrick, he, he does not want to lose. I mean, he hates losing.
0: So. Well, that's one it's thing that I was going to say. You bring in Patrick Waugh, you're bringing in the passion. And that's something Montreal yeah. fans love, is they love yeah. management, players, all through the ranks. They yeah. love the passion. And he would bring that in spades to the Montreal Canadiens.
2: Yeah. Canadians. yeah. Dynamic yeah. would be really interesting, too. Up top
1: with ownership and everything. Uh, Patrick Waugh
0: yeah. I mean, is the
1: Montreal. He was the Montreal Canadiens for so many years. Uh, bring him back. I'd say do it.
0: No, I'm with you 100%. Okay, well, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, Colorado Avalanche in town to play them tomorrow night. Um, wondering for you, from an outsider's perspective, you talked about Colorado stumbling out of the gate. The Toronto Maple Leafs did the exact same thing. Same questions were being asked about Keefe and Dubas. For you, you look at the squad now, they're absolutely rolling. What is an outsider's perspective on the Toronto Maple Leafs? And I'll get you to break down a couple of players afterwards, but just the overall organization right now, what do you think?
1: Well, you yeah, know, it looks good to me. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're a good team again. Uh, they, of course, have had their playoff problems, uh, just like Colorado has. Uh, but, uh, you know, it looks all good to me. I, uh, you know, I've always been just, you know, an honor to just, uh, every time I'm in Toronto, it's like, you know, wow, I'm in mean, the Cathedral of Hockey. Uh, I mean, you know, that Montreal is two most uh, awe-inspiring hockey cities for me. I mean, I've always said that, you know, the guy in the, the nose, the last row of the nose mean knows more about hockey in their little finger than, than I ever have. Um, so it's it's always been just, you know, just a treat to be there. I remember walking around the old Maple Leaf Gardens and looking around at those photos. And, and I remember just being so, just so blown away, you know. I'm in Maple Leaf Gardens. You know, just incredible. Uh, Going go to the, uh, the Golden Griddle across the street. I remember that, too. Um, I love Toronto. I, I, I won't be there for the game tomorrow. There's a lot of logistical problems and stuff um, with this Canadian trip. Um, but uh, it's a little off track there. I, mean, I just, just love being in Toronto. I mean, it's just just, uh, just incredible honor to always be there. And Every time the abs are there, there's a huge bunch of uh, – abs fans that come out of woodwork from quebec and, and nearer they've got a lot of fans in canada i'll tell you they I mean, have a ton of canadian fans and of course a lot of that has to do with quebec but um uh i think it looks good they've, they've got to win a playoff round that's the bottom line <laughs> that's
0: the easy answer <laughs> there's, no, there's no getting around that they've got to
1: got to get that first
0: getting everybody excited and you know what everybody's starting to say that now if you look on Twitter even people that don't cheer for the team and are usually really negative towards the Toronto Maple Leafs because of what they haven't accomplished they've been saying that this team here now I know it's November and we just talked about 60 games left to go we had a lot of runway you know different things like that but this team looks more focused on the defensive aspect they can beat you at any different kind of game they can beat you defensively they can play you physically They can play you offensively. They can light up the scoreboard if they have to. And here's the big thing one thing that I've said about the Toronto Maple Leafs this year, and you probably said about Colorado with the goaltending they've had over the past couple of years as well, is timely saves are huge. And the Leafs were not getting that when Freddie Anderson was the goaltender, but they are now. They're getting those timely saves at key moments of the game where either they're up by one or they're trailing by one, and they need that one save to keep them in to swing the momentum. And they're getting that from Jack Campbell, a goaltender that the season ended right today would probably be your Vesna trophy winner, which is absolutely amazing. Now, I wonder for you, yeah. you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, what problems do they pose towards the Colorado avalanche?
1: Well, um, you know, the Avs probably match up pretty well up front. Um, uh, you know, the Avs, um, aren't a huge team still, but they have some good size on that top line. I mean, Landis Dog and Rand are big guys, and they play pretty physical, too, especially Rand this year. He's throwing his weight around. He's, a, he's just a. Awesome. His nickname is the Moose. I'm going to say he's playing like a horse. No, he's actually really has been a moose. He's big. Um, I uh, I think that the Avs still, you know, I'd give them an edge defensively over the Maple Leafs still right now, even though the Leafs are playing better defensively for sure. Um, I don't think the Leafs have a guy like Cam McCarr on their squad, and I think that's, no. that's the difference right there. Uh, the guy's just an unbelievable player. I mean, he's unreal. I mean, he's, he's, just, he's, he's unlike almost any player I've ever seen. I mean, was asked day about who he compares to historically, he really couldn't come up with too many people at all because he's so he played such a different style gamer where he's just he's efficient but he, he's so skilled and he skates he skates like a you know, figure skater out there at times he can do all kinds of weird little tricks with his skates and when he walks the blue line he can go backwards and forwards real
0: Definitely call it Hogtown. Yeah. Hogtown, so, the big I mean, smoke, you name I'd be it. I'd hog, Evan, and Hogtown right there. I, sure. I would love it. Listen, you're be happy with a
2: second round, to be honest. Like, just give us a second round and we'll be fine.
0: <laughs> so well, so you look at yeah. this uh, you look at this Maple Leaf squad, obviously, and you match it up player by player. Obviously, we have no Kael McCarr. Um, when Nathan McKinney is on his game, he's all-worldly. and you, The closest all-worldly guy we have is Austin Matthews, maybe close second, Mitch Marner. That's our dynamic duo, but you know McKinnon and Ranton obviously tearing up the league, and we all know what they can do. And then you bring in a guy like Nazem Kadri, who's having a great season as well. I'm wondering tomorrow night for Naz coming back to Toronto, um, is there going to be any emotion for him? Is there going to be any uh, you know hoopla with him? I mean, obviously in Toronto, he's going to see the guys. He's probably going to go see his parents, do all the different things that guys do when they get into their hometowns. But do you see Naz having any? Um, I would say ill effects coming into toronto
1: no i don't think so he did have one game back in toronto uh two two years two seasons ago uh, so he has been back as a have uh, and he did he had his entire family in the stands i remember typing my story after the game up in the press box and uh it's like i don't know he had like he had like seriously like 60 people there sitting in the stand there they all came back into the stands somehow after the game uh you know i guess all the people he bought tickets for were still sitting there and then maz came out No, oh, his nice, nice suit and tie and everything and uh, uh held court with them um he's uh i'm sure it's a special night though i know he loves toronto still and he thinks of that at home um and uh i know he, i think you know he misses toronto i think he likes denver but he let's face it he's a, he's a toronto guy and uh so yeah i'm sure he's uh I'm sure he's having a really fine meal right now somewhere uh in Toronto with uh, with his family and friends and whatnot. Uh, I'm sure he's probably going to pick up a pretty good tab, too.
0: <laughs> but, so uh, so we're in a bucket yeah. right here. You're, you're saying that Nas is coming back in the off season? then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell
1: you, it um, wouldn't shock me. If the, if the Leafs out the cap room, it um, wouldn't shock me. I don't think – I'm not prepared to say he at all wants to leave Denver or anything like that, uh, but I think if the ads did not sign him and it doesn't work out, yeah, I think he first place people want to go back to is Toronto. I mean, he loves Toronto. He's he's, he's Toronto guy through and through, and uh, I know he feels bad the way it ended there, um, so who knows? Yeah, it could happen. It happens all the time. Players go back to their old team. so so it could happen.
0: Well, I hope for, uh, for Colorado's sake, he does stay there, obviously. It's a good fit. And it seems like he's, uh, you know, doing well there. So we want Naz to do well. We like him here. We love him here and we love him back. But if you're having yeah. a good fit, you know, go for a run, go have some fun, get a cup, do something with Nate, you know, bring that back sure. so I can see the cup here in Nova Scotia again. Um, I want to ask <laughs> you the question around the NHL, just one story for you that's not getting enough attention in your mind. What is it and why?
1: Uh, wow. Um,
0: On the spot.
1: Well, right now I would. Say that there's a lot of worry building again among the league about uh, the COVID variant Omicron. Yep. Uh, I can tell you that league people are very very nervous about this, and uh, just hoping it doesn't come to North American shores because, from what people are saying about it, you know the vaccines may not be effective against it right away, um, and it may be like a hundred days so they can get the vaccines to you know tweak so they can fix this variant. Be effective uh, i i hate to say it but i think that's a bubbling under the surface is worry that uh you know we're gonna have either uh, more of a, a shutdown again or you know back to no fans in the building or, uh, or a combination of both um uh, that's uh, for me that's the underreported story right now and i think you know the olympics too are sort of a giant uh, question mark, too. Uh, We're not going to the right Olympics.
0: That's not happening.
1: You don't think so? I mean, I don't think so either, but uh, you know, I know they want to. Well, the oh, league, I, of course,
0: doesn't. I, I want the players right. to. I want to see best on best. But in Yeah,
1: I do, too. I, I want to see the Olympics, even yeah. though I'm not a real Olympic guy when it comes to the pro game. I mean, I, I, you know, read up on the Olympics. I'm sort of a historian on the Olympics. I think it's better when it was all just amateurs and, you know, going back to Greece and all that, but um you know, um yeah, of course we wanna see, you know, Canada versus USA or hockey and Olympics, you know, yeah. who doesn't? So but uh, I tell you, everybody's worried about the variance and what it's gonna mean. Uh, that's the underreported story right now. Nobody really wants to talk about it because that's you know, bad no, just, people just don't wanna go there again, right? None of us do. I no, mean, right? I
0: mean it's a to... it's a dark place in everybody's mind and I think right. we're all trying to just, work it's, our it's, way it's, out of that. It's creeping right? along, it's
1: creeping along here, you know, and uh, they find out it's highly contagious and the vaccines don't work, you know, all bets are off what's going to
0: happen from there. Well, that's what makes me nervous now. You look at the teams, you look at the the Ottawa Senators, New York Islanders, Boston Bruins right now, Providence Bruins. It's ripping through the AHL. Then, of course, over here in Canada, we just had the Sudbury Wolves shut down all operations, you know, 12 players on that team. I want to give a shout out to those guys. Hope everybody can get healthy and and back to the ice and, and be okay. But it's, it's starting to take hold again. It's not a story that we want to talk about. Obviously, we want to be positive on this show because it's an escape, but it is a reality. And I've long said, Dater, like uh, last week we had Dennis Bernstein on. Um, everybody's beating the drum about going to the Olympics. I said it doesn't make sense. Why do you want to send guys to the Olympics with all of this swirling around, which could just cause more problems? And then what happens if you have Team Canada, Team USA, Team Sweden, whatever team has an outbreak while they're over there then right. then you know, you're quarantining over there then you got to right. come back and quarantine again and it just right. it makes more of a year. logistical mess and it doesn't make sense to me to do all of that just to go yeah. play the olympic games i know it's huge for players i know it happens only every four years i know it's a big thing but here's the other side note to all of this if this thing pops off the way that everybody's saying it might happen with the Omicron thing, is there may not be a Winter Olympics this year. It may get pushed, which, you know, yeah. but I, I I don't want to be doom and gloom, but you got to look at the real, real thing. And you're right. This is a story that nobody wants to touch because we're so tired of it. But it's one that yeah. really is affecting already this season. You have New York Islander games postponed, Ottawa Senator game postponed, Providence Bruins, you're going through this. The Boston Bruins can't yep. call up any players right now with injuries. And that's not even what the Omicron, I don't think. No, I mean, it's, not, a, it's not. It's not. That, it's
1: not. I was reading the stats today in South Africa where it apparently started, um, you know, uh, tenfold increase in cases today as opposed to a couple of days ago. So. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I yeah. think we're going to have to. And here's the thing. People are going to get so upset about this. But at the same time, would you rather be safe and healthy and everything go well? Or would you rather things keep going the way that they are, and then next thing you know, you call somebody and they're not there? That's the thing that I keep going yeah, back to.
1: I mean, I've been as frustrated as anybody, and you know, some some of my real ultra liberal friends have gotten mad at me actually for being a little, you know, sort of saying, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to phrase it carefully here, but you know, <laughs> questioning some of the virus protocols and stuff. And, we need masks all the time and stuff like that? And everybody just jumps down my throat. That said, I, you know, I'm pro-science. I'm a guy who wears my mask. I got my, I've got two vaccines and a booster. Um, so, you know, I believe, I believe what the scientists tell me, not what some guy on Twitter says. Um, <laughs> but,
0: uh... Well, you have a right um, to be frustrated, though. We're, we're all frustrated. I mean, at yeah, the end of the well, day, I'm anything saying. that hampers you from doing what you want to do, you, get, well, yeah. you will get frustrated. It, it's of just the end of the day. That's what yeah. it is.
1: It's, but the, but the point I was going to make is the virus is going to win no matter what the players think or the people frustrated. If the scientists say this is deadly and, and we have no answer for it, then everything's going to get shut down again. And that's just the way it goes. And that's, that's, that's the way it should be. I mean, you know, you want to play hockey or do you want to have a pandemic that kills a bunch of people? Yeah, no, we want, we want people's
0: safety first. No, we definitely want safety first. Well, um, For me, a story that I think uh, we'll we'll switch gears here. We'll try to bring this one out and and go finish it positively. Uh, A story that no one is talking about. It's a really good story for me anyways, uh, is the Detroit Red Wings young players in Lucas Raymond and Maurice Sider. I want to talk about those two guys because positive to see two young guys breaking into the league and doing good things. Um, You know, these two young guys are on the Detroit Red Wings, a team that wasn't expected to do much. But hey, these two guys, Lucas Raymond's probably going to win the Calder Sider's right behind him. Wondering for you, you look at young guys coming in the league. We talked about it earlier. Um, what do you think about these two young fellas, and what do you think about the Calder race this year? We'll finish off with uh, with some fun questions.
1: Well, first of all, you know, I'm a huge backer of Steve Eiserman. I mean, <laughs> the guy's absolute, you know, just a great GM, great hockey mind. I mean, so for him, when he came on board with Detroit, I knew it would only be a matter of time before that team starts to get a lot better. Um, they still have some issues, but, uh, yeah, those forwards you know, Raymond and insider look like, uh, you know, I'm not going to compare them to, uh, Netterberg and Dotson just yet, but, uh, you know, they, they always seem to groom those kind of young guys, uh, very well. And I think with Eisman in control again, uh, just, it's going to be there. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They, and Eisman stole that goalie from uh, Carolina too, and larceny there. Um, um I, uh, I like that team a lot. They do have some defensive problems still with their their top six, but uh and, and depth wise on the third and fourth line. But uh yeah, I would think Raymond's gonna gonna win the caller the way it's going. Um you know, hey maybe O'Byron will get them a push, uh, but uh I think it looks like Raymond's uh trophy to lose right now.
2: I'll follow that up with another one that I'm keeping my eye on here, and that's the Vesna race. Who do you have in your uh, – if you had a vote, who would you be voting for Vesna right now? Oh, boy, he me on the spot. I
1: haven't looked at all, all the top stats right in front of me, but uh, based on uh, – you know, I guess based on the record, I mean, Jack Campbell probably wins. Jack Campbell's probably been the best goalie in the league right now. Uh, maybe you could make a case for uh, – um, uh, Washington Samson oh, he's been good. Um, yep. um, you know, out west, uh you know, I don't know if there's been a dominant goalie so far. I think uh um not really. You know, Darkey Kemper has not been dominant here at all. Just, I thought he'd be in the best in the conversation this year, but so far I don't think he'd be in the top five. Um uh, I uh I think Jack Campbell's your guy. Jack Toronto make believe Jack Campbell. I'm winner. A little, a little, yeah, I'll go with that. We're Has he done the- enough
2: to get himself on the Olympic team, <laughs> do you think? Or does he still need to do a little bit more? Say it again. Has he done enough to get himself onto the uh, Olympic team? Or does he need to do a little bit more? You know
1: what? I, you guys probably are better on that than I am. I uh, One of the weaknesses I have is, yeah, definitely pick uh, talk, probably, and who should be on Team Canada. Uh, if he's a visitor candidate though right now, why not? Yeah, put him out there as a candidate guy. I mean, uh, you know, I like uh, – I've always – you know, I love Flurry, of course. I think he's a big game guy. and I'm always thinking Flurry could be, could win it. But, you know, he's in Chicago and not kind of falling out of the radar of everything right now. They're not a well, big team.
0: But. Soupy would be playing for Team USA, so he'd be trying to beat out like Gibson and Hellebuck and –
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. I got it wrong for, okay, well, I, 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 that's why. I well, Listen, we'll,
0: we'll take him gladly as a Canadian boy because he fits I, in yeah, well I up he here. Threw me up on nationalities in the Olympics.
1: I thought he might be a dual citizen, but no, 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 not at all. So, yeah.
2: All good, all good. Uh,
1: I think Campbell should be an Olympian. I'm, yeah, let's, let's. Let's just say it that way. I mean, he's been great for the Maple Leafs, and he was good last year too. Yep. So, yeah,
0: he's he's, he's well. We're looking forward to tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche. Should be a good game. Uh, Dater, we'll definitely be uh, chirping you a little bit if the Leafs get out in front, and we'll run and hide if the uh, Nathan McKinnon <laughs> machine starts scoring goals and uh, just duck and dodge your tweets from the uh, rest of the night after that.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'll. Uh try to stay off Twitter as much as I can. Uh, it hasn't always been my friend, but uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll definitely be tuning in, and uh, um, like I said, it's always uh, fun to talk to people from the uh, Toronto area and, and Nova Scotia. I've, I've actually been to Nova Scotia as a little kid, so, so uh would love to go back, actually. Uh, I've been to Halifax two, 2 I think two times, so
0: um, we'd love to have you back.
1: Place, beautiful place, uh, great hockey, community, and uh, boy, I mean, we got half the NHL Califax guys, right? Seriously, no you do, yeah. We, we lost Brian Graves, but uh, still got a bunch here, right? We got Newhook. Uh, uh, no, he's not from...
0: He's from Newfoundland. Of course. Of course. We'll, we'll call it East he's Coast. I'm
1: sorry. I do want to get that wrong, too. Of course, Newfoundland. But no, yeah, we still got Nate. Um, who
0: well oh. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank too, really. man. Same thing as you, I'm drawing a blank. But got yeah, Nate, Nate's the big one, obviously Graves, but you do have a strong contingent from from the Halifax area and the Mooseheads for that matter. So yeah, definitely uh, dipping into the talent pool out here in the queue. Yep. All right. All right, Dave, well, I want to thank you very much for uh, for taking the time, jumping on Offside Hockey Talk. We really appreciate it and look forward to uh, your tweets tomorrow night and maybe having you on later on the season when the Leafs and Naz meet up again. Okay, that sounds like All right, there you go. Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.